The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Prescription for Success with your host, Dr. Emil Haldi. Each week, we come through the myths and facts about health and wellness in order to bring you the best advice and the right information that you need to live an incredible life. Now, here is Dr. Emil Haldi. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Prescription for Success. This is your host, Emil Haldi. We will be having a great show today. In fact, today's show will be outstanding, standing out from the rest. We will talk about being outstanding in the world of fitness and health, more specifically, Bone health and muscles. You see, life is different when you look at it through the lens of fitness. It looks better. It is definitely more fulfilling and healthier. What do well-known people like Richard Branson, Tony Robbins, and President Barack Obama have in common? Well, they're all superb professionals on top of their game. You're correct. But all of them for a long time have known that regular physical activity like running, yoga, Lifting can give you extra hours of productivity per day. So you get an edge over the next guy or gal. Who wouldn't want that? Fitness, health, working hard, and working out go hand in hand. But wait, we'll discuss that with an amazing guest in a few moments. I wanted to remind our listeners about a very special event that we're putting together on October 10th. Every one of us, either directly or indirectly, has been impacted by cancer. It may be someone in your family, a friend of a friend, or maybe even closer, and we want to help. Our company has partnered with two amazing organizations. The first is Gabriel's Angel Foundation for Cancer Research, and the second phenomenal organization is Spirit and Flesh Magazine. Our goal is to raise awareness about cancer, more specifically and especially about breast cancer, and to fundraise. Please go to our website at hcompound.com to learn more about the event, and please donate. And as Tony Robbins says, the secret to living is giving. I want to say a big thank you to our listeners. We are now being listened to in 12 countries. Thank you. Give me a shout-out on social media to tell me what you like about our shows, and more specifically, this show. We're getting excellent feedback regarding our show. You can go back at any time to voiceamerica.com, just punch in prescription for success or Dr. Emil Haldi. And of course, don't forget to tell your friends and families about our show. I have an outstanding guest here with me today. Yes, he stands out from the rest. My guest today is Dr. John Jaquish. Dr. Jaquish is a biomedical engineer, inventor, author, and a scientist. He has been featured in many top health podcasts, TV, and radio programs. He's the author and editor of multiple medical journals. Dr. Jaquish is the inventor of the most effective, yes, most effective bone density building medical device. He partnered with Tony Robbins and OsteoStrong for rapid clinic deployment of this medical device. Dr. Jaquish is also an inventor of X3 Bar, a device that helps build muscle faster, faster without lifting. Welcome to the show, Dr. Jaquish. Emil, thanks for having me. I am thrilled that you're here. We're going to have a phenomenal discussion. Absolutely. So you made quite a journey um, 
you have a doctoral degree in biomedical engineering. Tell us about your journey to physical medicine to inventor of a machine that treats osteoporosis. Okay, it's very unconventional. Uh, so I was a student athlete in, in undergrad. I played rugby, and uh, I didn't. I had interest in physical fitness and uh, science in general. My my father's a engineer who worked for NASA and uh, did, did a bunch of different things. And uh, I really just wanted to go into business and wasn't quite sure. I was I was doing some enterprise software sales. Uh, and then, uh, it was, this is while I was getting my MBA and then my mother was diagnosed with osteoporosis. And when that happened, she was very depressed. She thought her life, her quality of life was going to change drastically for the worse because she was afraid of a fragility fracture. And she felt that she was too young. She was in her early seventies. And, uh, now, so I saw the situation and I said, let me look into this and I might be able to come up with something that, you know, no one else has thought of because she didn't want to take the pharmaceuticals. The pharmaceuticals right. had some pretty significant side effects connected with them. So what I did was identified a population of super responders who has the highest bone density in the world. Like, is there a group of people? And if there is, how did they do it? And I found those people. It was very easy when I started searching through the scientific literature. It was gymnasts. And it has to do with the way they contact the ground. Very high impact. And there was impact research that went back over 100 years. So this was, this was like in the 1800s. This was discovered. And I, when looking at all of this data, I thought, okay, well, I'm, I'm not going to tell my mother to be a gymnast, but, right, but what if I can create a medical device that can deliver the benefits of high-impact forces without the risks? Because ultimately, gymnasts, on average, retire, retire at 19 years of age, and they do that because of injuries. So even though they're getting the best stimulus for bone density, they're also getting a lot of fractures. So, yes. uh, right. So they're taking the, the bone density, the bone right to sort of the brink of fracture in order to strengthen it. And so what I wanted to do was not do that. I wanted to take it out of control event and force it to become a very controlled event. And then in that controlled event, we wanted to see what, what could be done by loading the bone in this slow and controlled manner using the body's own comfort. And there's actually a process in the human body called neural inhibition. And for this reason, you can't squeeze your own fist hard enough to break a finger. You're capable of creating enough power in your hand to break your own finger, but your body won't let you do it because of your central nervous system. So, the device uses the body's precautionary mechanism to protect itself. And then the devices, the devices I designed are robotic so that it takes you to exactly the right position to emulate high impact, puts you in a position where you'd normally absorb high impact and there's very slow and controlled loading monitored with the robotics and the, and the computer monitoring that's right in front of you. So, I built a prototype, tested it with my mother within 18 months. 
She went back to having the bone density of a 30-year-old. So she not only addressed her rights, she not only addressed her problem, but she had, for her age, well, for really any age, she had perfect bone density. And, uh, you know, then her quality of life went right back to the way it was. She was playing tennis and gardening and hiking and doing all the things she loved to do. So, you're 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 her hero, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were on a, a Fox uh, TV show on Mother's Day not that long ago, uh, talking about what I what kids do for their mothers, and that's what I did for mine. But hey, nobody wants to see their parents suffer. Yes. And you know, when you're a little kid, you think your parents are indestructible, and uh, it's a letdown when you find out they're not. And so you want to do anything you can to help. And uh, my, my mother's fantastic. It's funny we we have very little in common. Uh, uh, yeah, she's she's very um, emotionally driven. I'm very logically driven. Uh, so conversations between the two of us are hilarious. But uh, yeah, she's my mother, and I'm gonna, I'm going to make sure she's going to be as healthy as possible. And so I did that, and then then ended up developing prototypes and, and launching the product. And now there's uh, over 120 locations in seven different countries of osteostrong and so it's rolled out in clinic format and people can go and go through this experience and it's not it's you know it's not a drug it's not really a workout it's an intervention that really gives the benefits of high impact without the risks and a broad population can use it now it's not for everybody there's certainly contraindications like anything else like a Jumping rope is fantastic for a certain group of people, but it's really not okay for somebody with a balance problem, for example. Right. So, so when you look at osteostrong people who are hypertensive and unmedicated, not addressing their high blood pressure, uh, so they, they have to address that first. People have to be re relatively pain-free. Now, if you have chronic pain in a joint, osteostrong can actually help with that. But if you're in acute pain, like you just injured something, you got to address that first. You, you have to be relatively ambulatory. So somebody who's a quadriplegic, they cannot voluntarily apply force to the bone masses. Right. right? The primary indication is uh, osteoporosis, though, right, uh, or, or, or osteopenia. Uh, can you define those two conditions for our listeners? Sure. So osteoporosis, uh, osteo means bone, porosis means porosity. So uh, the Latin background of the word, so means porous bone. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the cross section of a bone, it kind of looks like a honeycomb. There's these little walls inside and there's voids in between these walls. So when somebody has lower bone density, those voids are bigger and there are fewer walls. When the bone density gets higher, those walls become thicker and there are more walls. So, that has to do with basically the the pressure applied to those little walls, mechanical mechanical pressure uh, that is manifest in the bending and distortion of those walls, which act as a stimulus to build more and thicker walls within what's called the it's called the bone matrix. Is when you look at, look at what that is, and so that's what this impact emulation does is it triggers the body to build a thicker, more powerful bone matrix, thereby addressing bone loss. Now, it's also important to point out that anybody with bones benefits from this. So 
right? I anybody with bones. <laughs> anybody with bones, right? <laughs> that makes so quite a few of us. Too strong, right, for me? And I'm like, I don't know, bones? Yep, okay, yeah, probably. <laughs> so, um, and the reason I say that is because there are athletes that can benefit from building higher bone mass because the neural inhibitory process has to do with engagement of muscle. So if you build more powerful bone mass and you load that bone instantaneously, like let's say when you're sprinting, that means that you have the potential of being able to switch on more musculature, which means you have a speed difference. Yeah. So your body will not allow your muscles to overexert to the point that you hurt yourself. So right, you, right. Yeah, you're, you're going to hurt yourself. The model of squeezing the fist. You can't squeeze your own fist hard enough to break your own finger. And I, I say that to sometimes I speak to a large group of elderly people, and they're they're worried. They don't want anything to hurt. Like they're they're older, so all kinds of stuff hurts already. Right. They don't want anything else to hurt. But when I say to them. Can you break your own finger by squeezing a fist? Usually they make the fist and they look at the fist and they think about it for a second. They say, no, I don't think I don't think I can do that. I don't think anyone can do that. Right. Neural inhibition. But that neural inhibitory process happens all throughout the body all the time. So like the more here's another example, the more balanced you become, the less likely you are to fall. The more musculature gets turned on when you sprint. Sprinting is a little like gymnastics in that. Uh the replicability of different sprint actions of different athletes are very similar. When sprinters start to do it right and they get to an elite level, they all sprint in a very similar manner. Same with gymnasts, the way they contact the ground. So it's much easier to study. And so some of the some studies on these neural inhibitory processes and the ability to switch on musculature are very positive as ones become more more athletic and that has completely to do with looking at pain reception or the or the lack of pain reception thereby allowing for greater neuromuscular engagement yeah this is phenomenal so this is especially as you mentioned to athletes if you're uh, lifting weights or you want to grow your muscle mass this is uh, truly phenomenal because you by increasing your bone strength right you eventually you could grow my muscles uh, and becomes yeah. stronger. Is that correct? Absolutely. Th- that's a phenomenal finding. So you went from a concept of, from, from kind of a need that you saw your, your mom needed help. You developed yeah. this, uh, you invented this concept and uh, put it in motion. And now you have franchises called OsteoStrong that are all around yeah. the world. Correct? That's right. Yes. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Tony Robbins, as, uh, he's, he's promoting it and uh, his... At every Tony Robbins conference, uh, the CEO of the company, the guy who came up with a clinic concept, uh, Kyle Zagorowski, is uh, he speaks at those and talks about the business and, and you know, getting getting people to come either and check out the, the locations or uh, opening up a franchise. Yeah. Because a lot of people go to Tony Robbins events because of a business opportunity. They're yes. Going to do something a little different. Yeah. Yeah. And, this is uh, something phenomenal. Yeah. So congratulations on achieving great Thank success you. and impacting so many people positively. And uh, this when is- when physicians walk into an osteo strong and they experiment with how it works, uh, unless they're just given some bad information or they misunderstand something, I've, I've never 
witnessed one that didn't say this is absolutely spectacular. It's simple. It's elegant. It makes perfect sense. It's based on principles of human physiology, not one or two studies. Like a hundred years of research has gone into this because we knew what impact did. We just didn't have a safe way to apply that. And now we do. Yeah. What about the role of minerals and vitamins such as uh, calcium, vitamin D, um, and other um, considerations for the bone, the magnesium? What role does it play in preventing osteoporosis, in your opinion? So that's a controversial subject because in some of the earlier work that we did, we told people not to take calcium because we wanted to see if we could build bone density without it. And the subjects did build bone density without it. So uh, calcium is the only mineral that your body self-regulates. So like magnesium, for example, you have magnesium if you've ingested magnesium. If you have not ingested magnesium, you won't have it. Right. However, with calcium, the less calcium you take in, the more your body keeps and recycles and maintains. So is it important? Yes. Is it as important as something else. And here's the analogy I I like to look at. It's a building block. Now think about weightlifters. They take extra protein in their nutrition, eat extra steaks or protein powders or whatever. And then they lift weights. And that's, that contributes to the building of larger musculature. Imagine they just had more protein and didn't lift any weights. Would they build muscle? Yeah, of course not. Right. They would not. So why would taking extra calcium build bone? And there's plenty of research that shows that you have to have the stimulus. You have to have some kind of action on the bone to give the body a reason to hang on to it. Otherwise, it's just passing through. Yeah. So your recommendation is to combine uh, the, the, ex- the yeah. machine that you developed with calcium supplementation. Maybe, or, or maybe you get enough in your nutrition because right now the normative data is based on inactive people because right now it's mostly a postmenopausal population that's studied and that's mostly a population that either does not exercise or their exercise program is from a bone density perspective, absolutely irrelevant because you need to exceed four multiples of your body weight. That's a very key piece of information to trigger bone growth in the hip joint. Think about your body weight and multiply that by four. So people who are out, you know, they go to the gym and and they, whatever they do, like let's say they do a leg press or whatever, and they're dealing with maybe their body weight plus 50 pounds or something like that. They're not even close. So it doesn't matter what they're doing. They're not stimulating bone. Now, they might be doing wonderful things for their mental health and their blood circulation, and that's all fine, but they can't fool themselves into thinking that they're doing something for bone density because they're not. And there's there's even an article when this uh, study first published. It came out in 2012, but it took, took a couple of years before the mainstream media picked up on it. New York Times did an article uh, talking about how Regular exercise for the postmenopausal population is not really affecting bone density. It was, I love the article. It was perfect because it pointed out exactly what I was trying to show everyone. You need tremendous forces. You need to emulate impact, which is a much higher force, but in the way we apply it, 
much safer as well. Yeah. So why, in your opinion, is bone health and muscles so important? What are the implications? Well, there's very little you can affect in your body to contribute to your health other than what you put mechanical force through. So like you can't just like meditate and make your liver like twice as good, right? There's no exercise for that. You can quit drinking alcohol. It's certainly <laughs> putting less damage in the liver. Yes. Like, so how do we improve the performance of organs? What, what do we really have effect over? Our physical bodies. So the mechanical structures and mechanical engines being muscle that we place force through. So I can dramatically affect my musculature, which I have. Uh, and I can dramatically affect my bone density, which I have, which then puts it has greater demands on the organs, which makes the organs all perform better. So having being as strong as possible. So the two things that lead to the longest amount of life. So you read all sorts of articles about nutrition and some articles which are, you know, pushing veganism or pushing more type like, you know, meat or ketogenic nutrition. So there is very little consensus when it comes to nutrition. Now I, I have my positions on that because I, when you take the uh, financial biases out of it, I think the answer is pretty clear, but that's probably for a different show. Uh, <laughs> but ultimately the, there are two things that contribute to long life that have really never been disproven. Number one is strength. Stronger you are, the longer you live. So what does that mean? That, that has to do with your musculature and your musculature asking the organs to perform certain tasks. So when someone becomes sarcopenic, which is associated with old age, the, the loss of muscle mass, the organs stop having a reason to function, so they start to fail. And so... So strength is number one, and the other one is low body fat. Now, I think the low body fat one really has to do with uh, metabolic dysfunction. And so I think the, the body fat in itself isn't what ends up limiting someone's life. It's the life, the, it's the nutrition that they follow that got them there that's kind of poisoning everything. Uh, so, like, being lean and being strong are the two things that drive the longest life. So my position is just focus on those things. Focus on the things that are going to drive the greatest amount of strength and the lowest amount of body fat. And you're going to live a long, healthy, happy life. And you can do whatever you want when you have those two things. This is actually pretty cool. I'm going to repeat what you just said because it's absolutely phenomenal. In order to live a healthier, fuller life and live longer. Yes, you recommend two things, um, increasing your bone mass and muscle mass, right? Or bone density, rather, so makes stronger bones and stronger muscles, right? And two things, in your opinion, that increase uh, longevity, strength, which what I would agree with, and okay. also if you lean, lean and fit. Yeah, strength Very and low body fat, the two biggest drivers. Now, uh, I would say bone density is, it's associated with strength. It's not the same thing, though. And also, uh, the, one of the largest life enders, in fact, uh, breast cancer and fragility fractures from osteoporosis 
have a similar mortality rate. Hmm. So we talk about breast cancer all the time. I think right. the term cancer is just scarier. Right. Well, and then you hear about somebody's mother who slipped and fell, broke her hip, went to the hospital, and never recovered from the hip fracture and died in the hospital or died six months later. You have a 50% chance of death one year after a hip fracture if you're over 50 years old. That's, can you repeat it again? It's tremendous. 50% chance of death within one year if you're over 50 years old. 50 over 50. And, and that, that's absolutely astounding with the numbers. The numbers never lie. And numbers tell you the truth as far right. as what's yeah, out there. Great, great study with a huge sample size, a big, big epidemiology study. And good news about that kind of epidemiology study is it's not like, did somebody sort of die? <laughs> you know, they have Because yeah. <laughs> other epidemiology studies, like they're studying things that are a little more subjective. We could say someone sort of had bones, <laughs> right? Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, well, either, uh, they're alive or not, right? So it's a much much more concise uh, not debatable and so this is super important if you're listening to this and, and uh, if you know that someone has uh, osteoporosis or osteopenia right and, and going in the direction of losing bone this is tremendous it's not only affecting people who are um, older when I say older 60, 70, 80 the data speaks for people over 50s that's relatively young so it's really important that you listen and you may have family members or friends who are impacted so this is some powerful information Right. And by the way, people in their 80s and 90s are building bone density with this, not just maintaining. Now, if somebody freezes their loss, that's considered a massive success. People in their 80s and 90s are growing new bone. Very important to point that out because previously that was like assumed impossible, but they can do it with osteostrong. Yeah. Wow, this is pretty, pretty cool. So we're having a phenomenal discussion. And uh, when we come back after this break, we'll have a, a deeper dive into fitness. We'll take a little pivot. But this is absolutely life-saving information for many people. Please tell your families and friends to, to listen, to uh, tune in. I'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Haldi Pharmaceutical Compounding is one of the nation's top compounding pharmacies. We work with medical professionals as well as consumers, both human and veterinary. If you're a patient or a doctor and need to consult us, please call us for a free consultation. Additionally, you may purchase carefully selected quality brand supplements and vitamins at discounted prices at hcompound.com. To schedule a personalized consultation with Dr. Haldi or one of our associates, please email us at wellness at hcompound.com or call us at 646-650-5040. You can also check us out at hcompound.com. Addiction can affect our relationships, our families, our home, and work lives, but most importantly, ourselves. The recovery process can do wonders in the lives of people suffering from active addiction and also for those that love them. It's not just 12-step programs, but so much more. It's learning how to live life on life's terms. If you can relate to these issues or love someone who does, start with yourself. Start by tuning in to Miracles in Recovery with host Ray Lynch, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Hope is in your corner. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Prescription for Success. If you'd like to reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to wellness at hcompound.com. Now back to Prescription for Success. Welcome back to Prescription for Success. This is your host, Emil Haldi. Today, I have a very special guest with me. Dr. John Jaquish is a biomedical engineer, inventor, author, and a scientist. To learn more about Dr. Jaquish, please visit his website at johnjaquish.com. You can also connect with him via Instagram at Dr. Jaquish, Dr. Jaquish, or via Facebook at Dr. John Jaquish. So we're having a phenomenal discussion before the break. We talked about osteoporosis. We talked about your fascinating journey as a scientist, uh, and you helped your mom. You became your mom's hero by creating something and treating her osteoporosis. And this is actually a massive franchise structure right now and growing worldwide where uh, there are hundreds of locations worldwide, and you're helping people with osteoporosis, osteopenia, pain, etc. What was fascinating about the early discussion, and I love it, you talked about two things that would increase longevity. is increased strength and decreased uh, body fat. And with with your system and systems, and we'll talk about fitness in a little bit, you are accomplishing just that. Um, Increasing bones, increasing strength and muscle mass, and uh, decreasing fat. This is phenomenal. That's right. So what made you go into the fitness? Um, You made a pivot during your career, and you took a professional pivot into fitness. Sure. Uh, Yeah, well, I, I tell you the truth, I didn't really want to. Uh, what happened was Osteo Strong was a smashing success and I already had a business, uh, that was doing great. And I made some observations based on the, the pro when I was researching with the prototypes of the medical device for bone density, I observed that humans are vastly stronger, seven times stronger in the stronger range of motion than they are in the weaker range of motion. So impact ready range versus uh, like like the, the weaker range. So if you think about a push-up, when your nose is close to the ground, that's the weak range of, of motion. Mm-hmm. And when your arms are just short of locking out and being straight, so let's say you have a 120-degree angle between your upper and lower arm, so just slightly bent, that's your power, most powerful position. So now, we, uh, we all knew anyone who's done a push-up knows you're stronger in a certain place and you're weaker in a certain but I actually had the data that quantified the differences. And I had also looked at variable resistance training. So I had, I had identified 10 different studies that showed the variable resistance training was superior. You grow more muscle and get stronger by using a weight that changes through space. So think like band training. Mm-hmm. But once I looked at my data and the 10 studies, I realized the band training is not going to work because if you're just stretching a band, you're twisting your joints and you're not able to get 
a high enough force without twisting a joint to be relevant for strength, especially at those high levels at seven fold difference from the starting range to the, to the more powerful impact rating range. So I knew that what just saying like people should apply variable resistance. That was too generic a recommendation because I thought about it at this point, maybe I could write a book. I could just write a fitness book and then go back to, you know, what I was doing with, with Austin strong medical device company. And so then I realized, no, this is not band training. Will yeah, like it, it, there's it's an interesting concept, and it does address the variable capability that the human body has, but not in any practical sense. And also, when you look at what triggers strength, like hypertrophy and and the greater outputs, there's no getting away from heavy. You have to go really heavy, especially now knowing that we're seven times more capable. We can put huge forces through the body that we didn't even know we could based on that variability. So, for example, when I do a chest press exercise, I hold 540 pounds at the top. I know that sounds dangerous and very heavy. It's a lot of weight. (laughs) Well, now I built up to that. But in the middle of the movement, I'm only holding 300 pounds. And at the bottom of the movement, I'm holding 100 pounds. So I can fatigue in accordance to my, my, to my biomechanics. It's a much deeper level of fatigue because the load is coming on as the muscle becomes more efficient or less efficient through the range of motion in each repetition. Mimicking so that, the natural biology. as in- That's right. That's, that, is the, that is the biology. So, so what I needed to do was I needed to invent a, a special Olympic bar that could accommodate these forces and have rotations so nobody was bending their wrists at any awkward angle because with these high forces, you don't really want to put any joint at an awkward angle. It's got to be perfect. So develop this Olympic bar and then a second ground. So a platform you stand on that the bands can move freely underneath and flex uh, and stretch so that ankles don't get twisted and wrists don't get twisted because ankles and wrists are the interface to what you apply load to in the body, right? Mm-hmm. So you're standing and you're, and you're hanging on to something, you know, typically you're pushing with your feet or, you, or pulling or pushing with your, with your hands. So, uh, so those are the contact points. That's what we needed to perfectly protect. So that's what I developed and then filed uh, patents on now, now multiple patents uh, in, in 37 different countries on, on this technology. So I developed this product and the last thing I wanted to do was launch a fitness product. Cause the fitness industry is very different from the medical industry. I really like the medical industry. I like talking to physicians because you show them the data and they understand it. And I knew with fitness industry, you show them the data and they don't understand data at all. <laughs> now I don't mean all, everybody. I mean the vast majority. So uh, it was going to be very challenging, and there's a lot of people who uh, have a lot of preconceived ideas. Uh, there's you know, s- some personal trainer certifications are amazing, and they go through uh, all types of coursework, and they really learn a lot about physiology, and they learn some very good training principles. Other personal training certifications are a couple hours of just clicking some some buttons on the internet and then you're certified and these people don't 
they may think they know something, but man, they really don't. And uh, they could also know a lot of the wrong stuff because there's plenty of articles out there that uh, are, are, are misleading. I, I do a YouTube show called Falsehoods of Fitness mm-hmm. where I point out, you've probably seen it, yeah, you've seen yes. it. Uh, yeah, I point out principles that you've been taught in articles or, or in uh, uh, from trainers or gyms or whatever. They're absolutely false. Like, like the one that's most shocking to people is there's 40 years of research that shows that cardiovascular exercise is one of the worst things you can do to lose body fat because you upregulate cortisol and cortisol's, cortisol has two objectives, getting rid of muscle, right, and protecting body fat, as in keeping you from losing it. So when you lose weight from doing cardio, you may be losing more muscle than body fat. So, uh, it, it, and there's 40 years of research that says this. Yet, so that's pretty incredible. I, I want our listeners to hear it. So you, oh, it's, it's garbage. Cardio. Yeah, cardio is right. Cardio is just a recipe for mediocrity. And then, and then, people. Do, it's it's like this is a look of shock I, I get on people's faces, and, and they say, now on top of that. I know people who work extra hard and they do strength training and cardiovascular training, which are actually giving the body opposing hormonal signals. So one, they're upregulating cortisol and the other one, they're downregulating cortisol and upregulating growth hormone. And so because they're giving the body conflicting hormonal messages, hormonally, nothing's happening, which means even though they're putting in double the amount of work, they're getting very little or most likely nothing. They may get some joint damage. So, uh, right. So, so this is pretty cool. I, I want to make a, a point so our listeners hear you and hear you well. So cardiovascular, one, uh, of course, there are many benefits, but one of the things you get is you upregulate your cortisol, um, and you also protect your body fat. So if you do those things, you are likely to lose weight, but it's going to be muscle mass most likely that you're losing. Right, and, and you are actually less likely to metabolize body fat because – you're protecting the body fat. You want the opposite. You want to upregulate growth hormone and downregulate cortisol. Now, it, this makes cortisol seem like it's a bad hormone, and there's no such thing as a bad hormone. Uh, but it has its place, and there are stresses on the body where cortisol goes up. But for a very brief period of time, it goes back down. Like after you exercise, cortisol goes up. It goes back down. Any type of exercise. So as long as there's a cycle... Uh, but like with cardiovascular exercise, it stays elevated for a very long period of time. And so it's pretty much the worst thing you can do. Strength training, however, may be the best thing you can do because you're more likely to upregulate growth hormone, which assists in lipolysis. You can metabolize body fat at an accelerated rate and downregulates cortisol on, on a, a longer term scale. So especially with stabilization firing, in fact, uh, in 2016, I published a meta-analysis that looks at stable, the association between stabilization and firing and the upregulation of growth hormone. And as long as load is added to that, so we saw people with 300% increases in growth hormone with stabilization firing, sort of like balance training, you know, or just sort of soft knees on a vibrating platform or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then we look at people who are exposing tremendous forces to the body while being forced to self-stabilize 
and they saw 2,600% increases in growth hormone levels. Wow. Right, right. And that's absolutely incredible. Yes. And can very, like tremendous help can be given to somebody who uh, is, is going through that type of process. So when I, I patented the bar and, and the ground plate for X3, I knew that the stabilization firing was going to be incredibly high because we're mimicking free weight lifting. However, it's free weight lifting where the weight goes up where you enter a stronger range of motion. So we're getting that additional load and more stabilization firing, which means more growth hormone. And the weight loss, fat loss, I should say, because a lot of times people's weight goes up because they put on a little bit of muscle, but they're losing body fat very quickly because of that stabilization firing, growth hormone, and lipolysis that are associated. So uh, we've seen incredible results with X3. And there, you can see them on the website, x3bar.com. Uh, and so the fat loss, and then because of the efficiency of the fatigue in the muscle. So remember what I said about my chest press, so 500 yes. pounds at the top. Like, like I'm 43 years old now. I had a birthday last week. Uh, Thanks, man. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm holding 500 pounds at the top, 300 pounds in the middle, 100 pounds at the bottom. And then I fatigue in accordance. So first I can't get to that 500 pounds anymore, 540 pounds actually. And then I start doing mid-range reps, so 300 pounds. And then the last one or two repetitions might only be 100 pounds in that weaker range of motion. I fatigued the whole, like all ranges of motion in accordance to what their capabilities are. Much deeper level of fatigue. And it's how much tissue did you fatigue is going to yield you the greatest amount of growth. So, like, you hear principles like time under tension and uh, uh, progressive resistance. And while those are principles that apply to standard weightlifting, there are other principles like constant tension and diminishing range of motion that are infinitely more important when you're looking at uh, – the, the maximum level of growth that you want to trigger with variable resistance. So uh, it is a very unorthodox approach. And uh, like you can imagine the, the negative comments that I get uh, with this unorthodox approach. But fortunately we have 30,000 users out there right now who are posting all over the internet, their great results and there's there's really no stopping it now. But it was it was so give us some kind of success story. Uh, give us a success story that you personally intervened in or maybe you're aware of. I, I typically it's it's the people that I that I grab and ask, hey, can we share your photos mm-hmm. on the website? Are the ones to uh, like put on more than twenty pounds of muscle in right around six months. You know, it might be seven months or it might be five. But though, like gaining 20 pounds of muscle in half a year is absolutely unheard of. In fact, most people work for five years to gain 20 pounds of muscle. Uh, we're talking about naturally trained athletes, yes. right? So uh, uh, when, when they have that kind of effect, I say, hey, can, can I use your, your pictures? And usually they're honored and excited. And, and uh, huh, what I notice is – Every one of them, 100%, follows my nutritional recommendations as well. Uh, the people yeah, you who have very unique recommendations where you eat. I do have very unique recommendations. Yes, tell, tell our right? listeners because about it. As soon as I developed this device, I was not in shape. 
Uh, I was a very average looking guy, maybe even a little chubby. And, and so I thought, okay, like I had not really cared. And like I said, I fly a quarter million miles a year, uh, Frosty strong. And I, I just like, you know, eating junk food in, in airports here we're in a, in a, in a German or Austrian airport. Uh, all they have is pastries, uh, and like beer and chocolate. That's all they have in the airport. So like, it's like, all right, so I'm eating garbage today. Uh, and, but once, once I got ready to launch this device, and like I said, I didn't want to launch this device, but I talked to a bunch of fitness companies and because it had a scientific argument connected to it and it was so unorthodox, they were terrified of it. They were like, I don't think you can succeed with this. This is a very, very difficult thing. We wouldn't wish this on anybody. Like, so they didn't want to do it. So I won't mention who I talked to. It's kind of embarrassing. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it private. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I talked to a, a number of different fitness manufacturers, and they just—they they were very honest. They're like, we're terrified of something with a very unorthodox scientific message. So then I realized I just got to do this myself, and I've got to be the guy. Like, I've got to be the example because if I hire somebody, they may not understand all the science that I've done. They may screw it up and go and lift weights and screw up their recovery ability and fail, or they might think that they're going to go do some other thing at the same time and nobody will find out and you know somebody will get a picture of that and then it'll be like, oh, the guy's only muscular because he does pull-ups or yeah. some stupid thing, you know, like, like there's millions of people doing pull-ups and they look like nothing. So uh, nothing against pull-ups, but let's be honest. So uh, – I knew I needed to be that guy because I'm going to follow it. I'm going to do exactly what I'm recommending to absolutely everybody. And the people that follow those recommendations, the people that follow the nutrition and the program I laid out to the letter had absolutely amazing results. That's phenomenal. Can you tell our listeners quickly about your your nutrition recommendations? Because I know they're quite unique. Um, Right. So you really need a gram per pound of body weight or 2.2 grams per kilogram of body weight. I know you have international listeners. No, just mm-hmm. Thank you for that. <laughs> it's important. Uh, in fact, it's, it's uh, our imperial system only matters in the United States, Burma and Liberia. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's hilarious. Uh, so um, when when looking at these protein recommendations, like people look at it and they think, wait a minute, like I got to eat a lot of protein for that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, yes, you do, but that's what's required for muscle protein synthesis. If you're underfeeding the body, you're not giving it enough nutrients to build muscle. It won't because there's other things that happen before building muscles, like repair of tissue. So in the studies that show, the highest levels of muscle protein synthesis, that those were the levels that were associated with that. So the people who got the right amount of protein, which typically means eating a significant amount of animal protein, um, mostly because like the vegetable protein, it's not very bio-useful. I mean, bioavailable, yes, it digests, but we're looking at, at uh, a, a non-nitrogen output of maybe 10%, maybe 7% of the protein they're taking in is actually usable by the body, and then everything else gets excreted in the form of nitrogen, which really has to do with the lack 
of essential amino acids that are seen in vegetables and the, the majority of those are in eggs and, and different meats. Well, one of the coolest things you do is you also uh, limit the time you eat, right? And, and yep. you know, Absolutely, right. Yeah. And then when you cook carbohydrates out of your diet, yeah. which is something I, I tell people to do, and there's no such thing as zero carbohydrates because even in meats, there's muscle glycogen in meat, so there's, there's some carbohydrates in meat. So, but you go very, very low carbohydrates, you know, anywhere from five grams to 40 grams in a day. Uh, you know, sometimes somebody puts some chimichurri sauce on your steak and yeah, okay. You can grab <laughs> it off or not, but you're getting a gram or two. But the point is you focus your nutrition on that. You're really giving the body the nutrients to grow. And it, it becomes very crystal clear that things like fiber, uh, Dr. Sean Baker has a great video on like, do we really need fiber? There's never been a study that shows that fiber has any impact on length of life, quality of life, anything. And the idea that it gets things mechanically moving through the digestive system is like saying, as soon as your toilet gets plugged up, you should flush a, a towel down the toilet to get everything moving. No, that'll make it worse. So you know, people who have high levels of fiber get diverticulitis. They have uh, and colitis and and they have Crohn's irritation. I, I love your examples. <laughs> yeah, so, it's because it's it's. I, I want to make it like crystal clear for everyone. Like, oh yeah, I guess that doesn't really make sense. So one thing I want to point out to listeners, um, you know, I've had guests here who promoted the uh, vegetable type of diet or, or plant based diet, and. Uh, there is no one-size-fits-all solution. So this is an option that's available to you and clearly very successful. If you, you know, with, with Dr. Jaquish, you, you should check out his Instagram, Facebook, and I'm very, very, you're going to see very impressive results, uh, very inspirational. So this is uh, uh, something that worked very well for Dr. Jaquish and for a lot of people out there. So yeah, uh, People who follow the program, they're doing fantastic. And I do understand people who want to be... Uh, want to be vegan or vegetarian or, or want to have less animal products in their nutrition system because they've probably been <laughs> misled on uh, the dangers or, you know, there are no dangers when it comes to eating animal protein. I, I got to bring you and Dr. Uh, Baker to the show. We're going to have so and maybe someone who is a plant-based uh, proponent. Sure. Have, have oh, a, the, debates, the debates that Dr. Baker has, like, this, that's really his field. Yeah, I just got into it because I wanted to recommend a nutrition program that would help people use my my device, my muscle building X3 yeah. bar device so that they could trigger the maximum amount of growth. And it just so happened that once I figured that out, I was like never going back. I actually haven't had any fruit or vegetables since November of 2017. All I eat is meat. Wow. That's it. You don't miss fruits and vegetables? No, <laughs> no, because I, I know that there's, there's, uh, uh, oxalates in there and there's like, it, it's just, it's not optimal human nutrition. Another thing I've noticed is my waist, my intestines have actually gotten smaller because you need a lot of intestinal wall to digest a plant-based diet, right? Like you need that wall to be able to extract the nutrients from fiber. Well, because I don't have that problem, my intestines are smaller, uh, which means there's more room in my, you know, chest cavity. 
as I breathe, I'm taking in more oxygen. Like I've never done anything to make me feel better. Like X3 was fantastic. But as far as the, my feeling, like my feeling of health, vitality, switching to 100% uh, carnivore nutrition was just like absolutely fantastic. I feel great. My blood work is awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm leaner, stronger. I look younger. My skin's better. Uh, I get like, I see my, my fraternity brothers from, from undergrad and they see me and they're like, what are you doing? It's like, every time I see you, you're like a year younger. So that's amazing to hear. I'm, I'm yeah. glad it's working for you, but I want to have you back and I, I will reach out to Dr. Baker and I'll bring out. Oh, he'll uh, do it. He's awesome. Some of my plant-based friends uh, and, and uh, folks that were on our show will have a sure. debate. This is really good. The good, but news I know- is, the good news is, unlike them, I don't want to tell them how to live. That's a big difference between the two communities. I, I'm I totally fine with them options. doing what they want to do. Yeah. They actually want to change the way I live my life, and I got a problem with that. Yeah. I, could, I always say to my listeners, people with more options have better lives. And uh, this is a, a tremendous option, and, and you are very, very... Um, accomplished scientists. I respect you a lot and I'll, mm-hmm. uh, I, I love your message. So I want our, my listeners to hear. Uh, and this is an option that it's working for you and for many other people. So it's a, it's, it's a great option uh, if it's working for you. And so let's, um, we're having such a powerful discussion. And um, so give our listeners an inspirational or motivational or any message that you wish. So remember I said in the previous segment, the two things that drive the longest life are the highest level of strength and the lowest level of body fat. So what I'd like them to do is start following me on social media. Uh, Instagram, it's at D-R-J-A-Q-U-I-S-H, at Dr. Jaquish. I also want them to start following Dr. Sean Baker, S-H-A-W-N Baker. Uh, And he talks about nutrition and performance and longer life and better quality of life. And, and like he and I both have very unorthodox messages, but I believe both of us are on the track to drive longer life, uh, lower body fat. Everyone's going to look better, feel better, be stronger, be happier, live powerful and exciting lives. That's a powerful message. And people with more options have better lives. So check out Dr. Jacobs on Instagram at his website. To learn more about Dr. Jaquish, please visit his website at johnjaquish.com. We mentioned Instagram and other social media portals. This makes it a show, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Jaquish, thank you so much for joining us, having a terrific discussion uh, and educating our listeners. uh, Truly inspirational and a lot of value that you've added here. If you want to live a happier, fuller, healthier, and a more fulfilled life, you need to be the CEO of your health. You need to be guided by an amazing practitioner, but it's your life. You lead it. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, be happy and healthy. Thank you for tuning in to Prescription for Success. Be sure to join your host, Dr. Emil Haldi, next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for another edition of the program. Have a great and healthy week.